The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. For the final time in 2023... We're hearing the victory horns, and they sound. For the men who entered UFC 296 as world champions, Leon Edwards and Alexandra Pantoja leave the T-Mobile arena still champions following UFC 296. A card that looked tremendous on paper, started off with a bang on the prelims, Started off with a bang on the main card, and then things kind of started to slow down a little bit, and then the main event happened, and I had to take off the holiday sweater because it kind of sucked the holiday spirit right out of me. But in the end, it doesn't matter what I think. Leon Edwards is still the welterweight champion of the world, and he dominated Colby Covington in a fight we're probably not going to go back and watch again. But thank you for joining us for the UFC 296 post-fight show. I am Mike Heck. Got the whole crew here, the post-pay-per-view trio, if you will. We have Sean Alshadi here, the bald brethren, the wise wordsmith. Hello, Shaheen. How are we feeling? Feeling good, Mike. I'm feeling good. It's only 1.30 here, so maybe I got a little I, – I can use some of the energy that you maybe don't have over there at like 4.30 or 3.30, wherever you're at. So feeling good. Yeah, we're, we're knocking on the door of 4 a.m. right now, but we are here for you, my friends. And also, you just heard his melodious tones on the press conference show. Jed Mishu, who probably doesn't have a single take – when it comes to this card, do you, Jed? Dude, I'm about to <laughs> I'm about to lay wood on Leon Edwards far more than Colby Covington did. Good God, this is atrocious. Oh well, I mean, might as well start there, Jed. Let's just let's just let it all out here. Let's just let it all out. Why are you about to lay wood on on Leon Edwards? Why oh. is he getting more criticism than Colby? Where is this coming from, Jed? Where is it coming oh. from? Well, one, I will start this by because you have to. He won. No doubt about it. I thought he took three rounds. Um, I thought he took four rounds, actually, maybe. I think I had him four rounds. I don't know. He won the fight. Uh, We've been here before in parts where I am more critical on the guy who wins the fight than the guy who loses uh, because – it's not this this game in just about getting W's. It is. It's the most important part. And if he had lost doing something stupid, then we'd make fun of him and that would be tragic. Like, look what happened to Kamar Usman, right? You know? But 
you're Leon Edwards. You didn't even think you were really going to get to this position, and then you did. And now you're here, and you have the whole of England behind you, and you are being given a platform to to shut this loudmouth asshole up and try and win fans. And that's what you get out there. He won, and uh, it's as it, as Casey is is always frequent to remind us that is the most important part. He gets two checks, he gets to keep his belt, but like. He fought a dude who wasn't fighting him for 15 minutes at least, arguably 20 minutes. Colby just simply was not fighting him, and he refused to do anything. Like, yes, he did something, but like, but you can try harder. You can do stuff. You can make an effort because, and I'll harp on this because I do it all the time, like one, you can lose fights by just staying in cruise control. Like we have seen it happen so often. It is a safer plan to go out and really try and attack somebody than just, oh, I'm I'm right here. I'm one gear above them. I'm just gonna hate ride this out because it didn't happen and thank God it didn't. But we had a serious conversation afterwards where I was like, it wouldn't be the most insane thing to see Colby get a scorecard here. Because he clearly won the fifth round, right? Like I, everybody believes that Colby won what? the fifth round. What is this? He won- what are we? All right. I'm not no, saying I'm sorry. That you I'm sorry. should have. I'm, I'm just saying I'm- we have seen way worse scorecards than Colby Covington winning a fight where Leon like landed 50 total strikes. That's I'm just, just stunned that this is the lead true. take. I, I'm just surprised this is the lead take away from this fight but please continue i didn't mean to interrupt so no the the actual takeaway isn't even this this is just i'm more mad about this after the presser because the actual takeaway is this man is committed to being boring and i don't understand it it is so not like coming off the kamar usman head kick he had all of the goodwill that could possibly be put into a person. It is this triumphant moment. It's a great story. It kicks ass. It, the the promo released afterwards or whatever, the, the cut of, you're letting him, but like that is so, and it still hits like in the chest. And then he comes, he has a tough fight with Kamar Usman. But then he does this, and then he gets up at the presser and is like, I don't know, like uh, whoever. who's When the UFC's, post-fight tweet of you is a photo of you with the belt and the best quote they can put up on you is let's see who's next what are we doing you are not this boring of a person i refuse to believe that a man who ostensibly has family and friends who love and care about him is this uninteresting but he refuses to be interesting in any way it was like he could have just leaned into the, yeah, Colby is like a real piece of shit. And like, this was a very tough week and I'm emotional about it because that is at least connective and affecting in some ways. And then he gets back there. He's like, I don't really want to talk about Colby. Like, fuck him. Um, I don't really want to talk about who I'm going to fight next. Cause I don't care. I'll what? fight whoever I'm going to, I'm going to beat GSP's record. Like, no, you're not. And if that's the only thing that you think is a hook, what the fuck are we doing, man? Like you have to know this. You have been in this game for too long to know that you can't be this boring. Just let the people in. Please, that presser was a nightmare to watch. And it makes me not want him to be champion despite him being very good at fist fighting. Just give us something, man. You are not this boring. I I refuse to believe it. Shaheen, please, your reaction to what you just heard. 
What the? F- how is that the take? How is that the takeaway from this you fight? That Leon Edwards shit is- about Hold talking on. about Colby being old and know, shitty, dude. Here's the reality of what just happened. What we just watched. Colby Colby Covington said some of the most heinous shit that I've maybe ever heard in the over ten years of covering this in, covering this industry at that press conference. It was he said it was spoken like someone who hasn't held their dying father in their arms. Frankly, like the the, the way that people were kind of given leeway to to the crap he said. Which is like a lot of you haven't gone through personal problems if you if you aren't finding issues with this. And then that man came in there and backed up precisely zero of any of those words. You 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 don't like that fight? I didn't like that fight either. That was a really boring fight. That's not on the champ, my man. That's not on the champ to do anything about that. The champ won four rounds in a row. He won every single minute of that fight for the first 20 minutes of that fight. And he even got like a couple disrespect takedowns just to kind of do it. To prove to hey, like, dude, you ain't got you ain't got anything on me. That's not on Leon, my guy. That's on the guy who's supposed to be coming in here as this cardio machine, as this all-action fighter. Why it is a great irony to me how this fight played out because what how was this framed for months for us, right? Back in March, when Leon defended the title against Kamar Usman, we were told that Colby Covington deserves the title fight. When when Dana White sort of laid the seeds of what 2023 is gonna look like for this division. It was very much in the way of, well, Kobe Covington deserves this, and you all understand that. And we we could read between the lines, right? Like we we're smart. We we follow this. We understand. Like it was not deserves because the word deserves doesn't make any actual sense. If deserves was how this sport worked, Bilal Muhammad wouldn't have to t- have a ten fight unbeaten streak to even begin to sniff this conversation. Whatever, it was not deserves. It was Kobe Covington's. It's going to be the bigger draw. It's going to be a nastier lead up, and it's going to be a more entertaining fight. And those were sort of the three takeaways, right? And two of those were certainly right. It, it, this is a bigger fight. Objectively, you can say it was. It was a much nastier lead-up. But it was not entertaining. It was incredibly unentertaining because Dana was right. Colby Covington looked old. He looked slow. He looked like a 35-year-old who is, who's past it, who, who basically probably sat out the, the remaining years of his prime, a guy who very much didn't deserve this whatsoever, who has zero signature wins, who has zero wins over ranked welterweights currently, who is 0-3 in title fights now, and who put on one of the most flaccid performances in a title fight that I can remember after the extreme amount of shit that he talked for the entire week about all of the things that he was going to do and all of the action that he was going to bring, and he did none of it. That's not on Leon, my guy. I'm sorry that Leon in his press conference wasn't firing off the bangers that you yeah, that you would have liked him to. But at a certain point, this man just kind of like had a kind of went through it over the past couple couple days over you know the the father that was murdered when he was 13, and all of a sudden he's having to reconcile a lot of this before a very big fight. That dude put on a masterclass for a performance for the most part. He did not lose any part of that fight until he decided like, hey, I'm just going to grapple with this guy just to do it, and just frankly credit to the to the champ display poised and sort of put on the game plan that he did in that spot this is not on leon my dude this is on colby who put on a terrible terrible performance in what is probably the last opportunity he will get at this title and was the most undeserved opportunity he has gotten at this title we have this conversation frequently and it's always this like i'm always on the exact same side of it here it's the same shit with izzy like you know why i'm not taking this out on colby cuz he lost fuck him like, I, like his punishment is that he loses and the loss stays with him forever. But it takes two to make a shit fight, and Leon did it. He won. Again, that is the most important part of this, of not taking that away. But I'm not going to, like, just 
foist flowers and roses on him because he could have made that interesting. To. Like, could have done to, something but- instead. Dude, that fight was uninteresting. It was. To me, I, I threw it out in our private channel. Like, is this the most uninteresting fight since Carla Rose? And I think it probably is. I mean, we've had a couple really bad Izzy fights in between that who could that you could throw in there. Um, or at least one, the Cannoneer fight. I'm not sure the timelines on, on the Tory fight, too, where that matches up. It's 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 up there. It's in the conversation. But again, to me, that goes on the guy who's trying to come in and take the belt in what is probably the last chance to do so and who just told us for a week straight all the incredible things he was about to do. And he did Are none of those. you telling me Colby Covington lied? I don't believe <laughs> that Colby Covington lied. That's like, again, like it's, it's just... I might be telling Yeah, you Colby's part is he lost. And I don't... like. I, that's the thing. I don't even really care to talk about Colby. It's a really bad fight. He's not very good anymore. He's old, and he was on a two-year layoff, and that's it is what it is. Leon's our champion, and call, like, give me something, please, man. Just do more. I don't need this to be the case for you. We'll we'll talk about where this goes for Leon in, in a moment, but you know, basically, I don't care I, whoever's next. Whatever. The one the one prediction Why I felt confident me to call out a contender. That's not his job. Is actually because it's way better if you call out contenders. Like the history of the sport has shown, when a champ selects and brings a contender up, that uh, that gives them cachet. As opposed to I'll fight who's ever in front of me. Great. Let's just speak in nothing but like pre-canned lines. Who gives a shit about that? Pick one. Make make a rival by choosing it. Like it's it's so I'm, much better to do that. I am very look, sorry. Look at Ilya. Look at what is Leon happening Edwards with Ilya Taporia right press now. Conference. No, what I'm saying, like, legitimately, look at the the heat behind Ilya Tabori and Alexander Volkanovsky. And there are other parts of this, too. But a legitimate part of it is just Volk said, hey, I'm going to fight that dude. And now we're like, yeah, you're going to fight that dude. You're going to fight that dude real hard. Like, it would, it would make this way. Like, <laughs> Leon's going to end up fighting Bilal. And now the promo we have of it is, I don't care. I'll fight whoever, whatever. As opposed to being like, Bilal's been putting in that work, baby. Like, I was in Bilal's spot for years. I deserved it. I didn't get it. And now Bilal's in the same spot. And you know what? I'm not going to sit down on the rest of this division like other people did. Bilal, come on up. It's your time to get this work, son. Boom. That's not a hard promo to cut. You just do it, and it makes it better than, I don't care. I'm going to beat GSP's record. My man, you're 32 years old. You just ain't going to do that. Do something. Dude, this was – it was so – oh. What a what a flaccid way to end 2023, boys. We're flaccid like 10 minutes in. We've used flaccid twice to describe the main event. And yeah, that's I, never I stole a really it good from thing. Because it's is a very appropriate word. Yeah, it was tough. And I guess the one prediction that I had that actually came true is we knew we would know in the first seven minutes what this fight was going to look like in its entirety. And that's exactly what we got. Cole, was Colby going to get going? Was he going to do anything of substance to force Leon to respect his style and he did not at all. And I, you guys brought Shaheen in particular, you brought up the Israel Adesanya, Jared Cannonier fight. And this is exactly what that reminded me of because Leon was preparing for a version of Colby that said a lot of things that said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then he did none of it. And he basically handed Leon the title back on a silver platter because of this performance. He basically gave Leon 
the easiest possible fight he could have. Everything Leon would have possibly drawn up for a dream scenario here, he got in spades. He got a clear, easy path to victory. I was a little surprised, Shaheen, that heading in after the fourth round, I was just like, all right, maybe now his corner is telling him, hey, you know what? You were you, you fought great. You fought patience. You stayed within yourself. It's round five. Go kill this dude. Like, just go put him out. He ain't going to hurt you. He's got nothing for you. Just go put him out of you. Put him out of his misery right now. And then he just kind of took the round off and survived and won. And yes, that's the most important thing. But I mean, how do we grade Leon's performance? And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't blame Leon wholeheartedly for this, but it does take two to tango. This is all Colby. And he basically handed Leon a win. But how do you grade Leon's performance? And are you surprised that he came out in the fifth round and didn't kind of put pedal to the metal and put this dude behind him like legitimately for good? I mean, it was a C. It was a C because he, he did what he needed to do to get the win, right? Like we don't need to sugarcoat it and act like this was some spectacular performance. It wasn't, but it was a thorough, like dominant performance just in the spectrum of he won pretty much every minute of that fight until he decided that, hey, I'm just going to try to do this thing that may or may not work in the in the fifth round. I don't know. It was a C and it's fine because that's who Leon Edwards is. Like the Kamaru Usman head kick for the most part kind of threw everybody off the scent of who Leon is. Like this is who this guy has been for a long time, right? He is... A very technical, very sharp, all around just badass, but who for the most part is kind of like a point yeah. fighter and kind of like this guy who who will just will his way to decision wins that are not memorable and you're not going to go back and rewatch him at UFC Fight Pass. Like this is just kind of who he is. And maybe some people forgot that because the head kick was so spectacular. And even the rematch, you know, even the rematch wasn't like that great of a fight, right? Like somebody please correct me if I'm wrong and jump in here if I'm if I'm wrong. But like this is just who Leon is. So it was another Leon Edwards fight. He's not the one who's in the last title opportunity that he's probably ever going to get. And by far the most undeserving one, like he's not the one with the onus on him to, to try to do everything in his power to change the course of his life. <laughs> two, two things. I am not going to let you sit there and in the same breath, say badass and then point fighter. Those two things. Anathema. No, no, no. They don't, don't work together. That. Don't most misconstrue that because I, objectively, Leon Edwards is a badass fighter. He is all around spectacular in every area yeah. when he chooses to be. And you can tell me I'm wrong, but do you, do you wholeheartedly believe he is not a good all around fighter? Because he is very good at pretty he's much very, every he's very area. Good. I'm just I'm I'm bucking at the term badass. He's a great fighter. I'm bucking at badass. Badass, badass doesn't have to mean entertaining fighters. for your for your for what you want. I feel like it does. It it super does. If AK were here, he'd put up a poll and be like, what does badass mean? Because I don't think it just means like technically proficient. It's like, you're a badass, you know? You means you're really damn good at what you do. And he is. I will will also, the the second point, which is far more important than us arguing syntax here. Yeah. uh, The Usman fight makes this look like, I don't know, like this (laughs) Makes it look like Aldana Hosa. It landed like five times the amount of strikes. That, that was a that was a real fist fight that happened, not that thing that we just witnessed. Like, yeah, I'm not I, saying it was good. I'm not saying I, I know that I'm in. I know I'm in the minority because I've been in the minority. I was in the minority when we did this for Izzy's runs in the Cannoneer fight. It's just like it's a D minus. It is a pass because you passed, but it is the lowest possible pass because every other aspect of this was a total failure. What's just hilarious to me is 
there is a 99% chance that a Bilal Muhammad fight tonight would have been so much more entertaining. Easily. By far. And that was the well, crux of easily. all of this. It's still Leon, so I don't know. but That was the crux. Probably. But he would have tried to fight. One would hope. Well, he's going to get his shot. And it, that, maybe that fight's <laughs> maybe I think going to happen. I got to think that he this. will, but they refuse to say his name. Dana White's even tonight wouldn't commit to it. So it's just like, you never know what these guys Here's my last thing on this, and then we can go to wherever y'all want to go to. If this weren't the main event, when would we be talking? If we were talking about this fight card in order of things that happen that are notable, and it's not by main event card down, is this like the fifth thing we talk about? Like, is it even just like, man, that fight sucked? That feels like a huge failing when you are being like, this is your opportunity to do something major. And instead, it's just like, it'd be better if we just forgot about this happening. I think it would probably be like the seventh or eighth. If, it depends if we're including Sean Strickland versus yeah, DDP, that's which just, is probably the best fight of the night. That's just so bad to me. It's like the the charitable way to view it is Colby Covington is an opportunity for you to get a broad thing. Dana had the comp, like the note at the press where it was like, yeah, when Colby started saying all the bad stuff, our pay-per-view buy rate just jump through the roof like this is an opportunity for you on the biggest platform as the dude holding this coming off these usman things trying to see where he's at like oh maybe he has turned a corner and he's not point fight mcgee and instead he's actually a badass and you come out and do this like this is such a wasted opportunity and that is why i'm giving leon such a bad grade here i get it we'll see what happens with leon whether it's Bilal, whether it's shafkat which i'm sure we're going to talk about and how about Colby, Jed? Because as you said, you know, Hilarious. you go to the press conference, Colby shows Hilarious. up, does Colby things, Jed. And then immediately, first sentence after the question he was asked was, he already had a name ready to go. It's Wonder Boy. I'm going to go fight Wonder Boy. This dude, another 40 year old man that, that is stunning to call out a 40 year old man who lost the move. contender fight rather than the actual man who won the contender fight tonight. That's no, no, no. No, no, no. You we you need to be real clear here, Shaheen. He didn't just call out the loser when specifically asked if he would like to fight Shavkat, the guy who won. He's like the guy who's really probably the sense. next in line after Bilal. Yeah. No, 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 that, that doesn't, doesn't make sense. sense. I think I think Wonder Boy <laughs> makes more sense. Because, Give me look, that forty-year-old. Uh, look. <laughs> say what you will and a lot of it was a name and I found it honestly like quite charming that for all Colby was doing his shtick, uh, the reporters largely were just ignoring him and being like, all right, so like back to questions that we care about here. Uh, it was better presser because that's and, – and that's at least a gimmick that's funny. Like this man is living the bit of what was the entire conversation around me from MMA, you know, energies. <laughs> it was like, oh – I've I've one win over a currently employed fighter. It's RDA, who's a lightweight and was kind of old when I faced him. And all the other dudes I've beaten were past their sell-by dates. Now that I lost to a guy who's not old, uh, I'm, I would like to call out a guy who's old and also a historically good matchup for me. Like that's good prize fighting, is all that is. Oh, shouts to him. That, Live the gimmick. That was Live well the done. gimmick, right? Dude, this is great. And that's probably what he'll get. He'll probably get that fight. And it'll happen. And 
then we'll move on from it. I mean, I just don't know. There's, there's just nothing to say about this fight anymore. Like there really isn't. It just wasn't good. I think, and, I think Colby looked outside of like, obviously bad. I think it was pretty clear to me that Colby Covington is old. Um, I think ring rust probably played a role. I'm still not like, that still wouldn't shock me if it came out that he had an injury that he came into this fight and was sort of like trying to work around and hide it because it kind of the way he fought, but I'm willing to believe it was just ring rust. But even when he started going, he just looked old because he is old. He's 35 or whatever, about to be 36. So yeah, he's, he is now past his sell by date as well. So it's at least a little better with the, with the wonder boy call out there, at least a little more on the same plane. <laughs> i mean that's that's the main event i guess i mean boy has everything broken super well for Bilal muhammad like two months ago i'm like there's no way he's getting a title shot based on how this all plays out and just each domino has continued to fall every single way i think he does end up getting it especially if they end up going to manchester or whatever which i wouldn't be shocked if they did that even leon said it put me and tom on a card and then it doesn't matter like leon could be boring old leon as you say jed all he wants but in manchester he's a hero and the crowd is going to go bananas for him and ask and at that ball. point it doesn't even yeah it doesn't even matter who he fights on that card so can we that's... just have shavkat be the champion not that it would be that much better but I don't. Oh God! What is welterweight even? What is this weight class? Even? I mean, I'll tell you what welterweight is. It's we're all just waiting for the man who's going to take that title to take that title. Because realistically, this is Shavkat's belt, and we're all just waiting for it. It is, but it's not like Shavkat's particularly a hitter with a mic in front of him. Oh, Casey no. and I were talking no. about this off air, and it's like, here's the thing: I can, like, you could absolutely convince me that Shavkat is a legitimately boring person. Like th- how little he speaks, it makes me think that like, oh, he might just be one of those dudes who is just super simple, just has like a very few things. Like he would not have great interpersonal skills in any capacity. He's just doing his thing. I got tolerance for that. I'm really confident that Leon would be like a nice dude to have a beer with who has thoughts on stuff and can be interesting. But as soon as like it becomes important for him to be interesting, he's like, no, I'm good. I would like to say the the lamest thing possible at all points in time, and that is, you are in the wrong profession, my my man. You've got to you've got to find a way to connect with fans because I mean he's clearly not. He's doing pretty okay for himself. Yeah. Is he? I mean, he, yes. he's great. Yes, at the, the answer fighting. is yes. He's great at oh, the fighting. The answer is yes because for five years of this man's life, he was told at every turn that the two best welterweights in the world were Kamara Usman and Colby Covington, and that he didn't stand I a freaking chance against either of them. And now he holds wins, three wins combined over both of them, and he never has to fight either of them again. And when we talk about them in the historical conversations, we will bring up those wins and the fact that Leon Edwards had an actual title reign where there were title defenses. So yes, he is doing pretty okay. He's doing great at the fighting part. He's I, I'm really not convinced he's doing great at the prize part of this. I mean, he's going to... Eventually, he's I mean, going to get guys that are going to help him. I mean, Shavkat... What do you, what do you mean? He's already gotten, he's already gotten three guys. He's gotten three I mean, guys that have helped him. Right, gotten, but three. He got the Nate Diaz fight. Then he oh, got the two Kamara I forget fights. about the Nate Diaz yeah, fight. That's he true. got the Nate Diaz fight, two Kamara fights, and then Colby. He got like big money for all of those, and he's had to do very little of the lift on it. Like he's doing pretty solid. Yeah. At the same time, think about that. He fought all those people and still is not a star. Like, come on. You're the it's only there. one worried about that right now. 
Not everyone can be a star, man. Most people aren't. It's fine. You, you could just be interesting. I'm just. I'm, I'm sorry. This that is why you I didn't so want him thoroughly to be disappointed with his post-fight press conference. It's so boring, man. <laughs> it's so boring to sit there and listen to him talk. We're well, going I mean, look, look, Jed. Alexander Pantoja showed up to the press conference, and he had a, you know, also we, deeply not interesting. But he's a very no, nice I, man. I, I, Don't I, even begin no. to slander that man. This is ridiculous at this point. He's not We're deeply just uninteresting, but he's he not that went, interesting. But he's a he's a very nice man, and I like him a lot. He planted seeds for like six fights. He did. He's like, he I did wanna, great he put, in he that. He put his whole division over. Every single one of them. He put the whole division over. Every every name that was mentioned to him. He's like, hell yeah, I want to fight that guy. I can't wait to fight Manel Cop. I can't wait to fight Brandon Moreno again. I can't wait to fight Amir Albazi. All of them are good and all of them are I exciting. I retract it. He did great. I'm proud of him. Way to go, pants. Flyweight's <laughs> so damn fun right now. I love this. I love flyweight right now. It's so good. You, every way you match make this, it's so fun. All of these fights are just so electric. No wrong way to eat this, Reese's. Yes. Good stuff from, from Pantoja. The fight was technically really, really good. I don't, maybe it didn't live up to the like straight fireworks bananas brawl, but I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a really good technical scrap. Um, and Pantoja do just. We, do we think ahead. he could have taken fighter of the year there? No, I mean, two two and zero. Oh, I don't think you get it with two and zero. Oh. I mean, they're very, very good wins. To me, it kind of feels like it's Strickland. I, I mean, mean Strickland, oh one, one of Strickland's wins. Does that matter? Does the Abus win matter at all for Sean Strickland? I mean, also, Sean Strickland's just getting into fights in the crowd. I'm going to dock him points for that. I mean, first of all, we even, can like even though really, that's actually the best we can do a really thorough technical breakdown of that whole thing because if you just watch all the various videos, there is a lot of fun stuff going on during that whole drink. It's Sean Strickland it's, thing. It's interesting to say the least. More if I could just go, I'll give you a quick top three right now because one, if you look at Bruce Buffer in the background right after Sean jumps on him, his his disappointed dad head shake is just. It's a plus. It's it's he's so disappointed in everything he's watching. He the, the buff is here for your professionalism, and he's not here for anything else. Uh, number two, Sean Strickland telling Gilbert Burns kids, "Hey, like, can you please like move over a couple seats and being real polite with it and like waiting for it, and then just flipping the switch to crazy like that's that was amazing as well. But really, like the winner is Cheeto because Cheeto Vera just in the background having the absolute time of his life. Like he was born to be in this exact moment at this exact place is the best thing ever. And I love it so, so much. I'm a big fan of unmentioned in your thing. Volk standing on a chair to see like kind of a little <laughs> far away. He's standing up on his chair in one of the images. I'm like, oh, that's just the best. This is adorable. It's so good. It's. I mean, it's very telling that the biggest storyline to come biggest out story. of UFC 296 is Sean Strickland versus Drickus Duplessis at UFC 297. Like that's that's the biggest thing that's come out of this, which is super weird. The way this fight card began, Shafkar Akmana finishes Wonderboy Thompson. Run Wonderboy to his credit, good takedown defense. Had some moments on the feet. Shafkar took him down and almost literally broke his jaw with. <laughs> with like a submission, Wonderboy had a tap with around five seconds left in the second round. So good performance from Shafkar Rahmanov. Does it get him a title we, shot? Not sure. I liked I liked the uh, the celebration at the end, the whole flipping the money thing, making it rain. There is a little personality there, Jed. Come on, he smiled. There is an aura to the man. He, he, he has, a hat. He he has a hat. That's he his personality, and that's okay. 
Um, but you know, you know what, man? You don't need personality when you're like Carlos Condit reincarnated with this finish streak. Like, like this dude's finish rate is frankly obscene in a way that like we haven't really seen 100%. since Prime. Carlos Condit at welterweight to have 18 fights, 18 stoppages, like of and 18 wins at welterweight when you're like actually fighting real guys now is incredible man that doesn't happen because here's what usually happens right and we've seen this a thousand times the guys will have like he'll be like somebody will be like 13 and 0 with like 12 stoppages on the regional scene and they'll come to the ufc and they'll start getting a couple decisions here and there and then you know they'll start fighting top 10 top five guys and it's a lot of decisions and a lot of like hard fights shavgat's just running through fools 18 of 18 that's ridiculous and he's like up the ladder now like he's fighting real dudes even hamza shamaya when he fought gilbert burns like needed the judges at that point Shavkat doesn't need those judges. It's crazy to be able to keep this going. And I think we're losing sight of that because there were a lot of people talking real, real silliness after this. Dude, like, I preach. I'm not here to say that that is the best Shavkat performance. So you can make an argument for it. And the first round is maybe wasn't the most thrilling. But the amount of backlash this man got for doing something literally no one has done before. <laughs> is astonishing to me like oh oh no shot like no Bilal, Bilal did it better like blood went to the cards with wonder boy my man shafkat did, didn't need him didn't didn't need a third round at all like this is i think we have we're starting to just maybe we expect it too much like i was like oh yeah he does it to everybody so no this is insane and like i'm totally fine with blog in the title shot i think he deserves it and should title shot uh but shavka's the best welterweight in the world dude like this is nuts Ooh, see we go back to that question i asked yeah uh on the, the preview show Were, would you end ufc 296 believing that the best welterweight in the world was one half of that main event was any part of that main I, event and now you're here to say and i lied you to think you Shavkat is the best welterweight in the world I lied to you because I said if Leon won, I would give him his due because he deserved it for the and and he does like he he hasn't been beaten by anybody that's not Kamar Usman in like a decade or whatever, and then he beat Kamaru twice like that's an incredible run, but you win that fight in that manner against a guy who I don't actually think is good at this stage of his career. Versus Shavkat doing that to a guy who's certainly not like the AA plus like apex of Stephen Thompson, but still just just tuned up Kevin Holland, like still a good fighter. And still when people have been beating him, they hadn't done that to him. That's that's the best dude in the weight class, man. Like I, I, I can't that's wait so to see him get his day in court, but that's he's so the best dude in the weight class. That's so disrespectful. There's a difference. There's a difference, right? Because it, the best guy in the weight class is the guy who's proven it against the best fighters consistently, and that's Leon Edwards. You have no, to that's, give that's him a that, champion at, at that exact moment. To say otherwise is speculation. If they book Shavkat versus Leon tomorrow, I'm picking Shavkat, and Shavkat will probably it's be the best dude in the weight class. But he has not proven it yet, so you cannot pronounce him as such. That's cool. That so when we do a trial by combat for my life, I'm gonna take Shavkat, and you can have Leon, and I'll be alive. No, 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 no. Sit like there I said, crying I'm, I'm, about I'm, how I'm, he's the best as you die. I'm good because when I do best, I'm it's trial by combat. Who's the best dude? <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Shavkat's the best dude, man. Like Leon is the champion, deserves to be the champion. Uh, you know, the greatest. Sure, he's more accomplished, but if those two dudes settle up in a cage, 
I don't know. Pretty sure Shavkat's not going to win a tepid decision over Colby Covington. Pretty sure he's going to finish him because that's what the man does. My question to you is what's the Shavkat fight? Because he's going to need one more. Like they're going to, I would assume they're going to do this below thing. So he's going to need one more and it's probably going to be like a top five guy. And obviously Colby's not going to take that fight. So, because Colby would be the, the, the pick, right? Like that would be the, the obvious you pick. Can't, can't fight Burns, right? Well, Burns is booked now. He's fighting JDM in Miami. Oh, so they yeah. Go yeah, ahead and book right. that fight. Um, I think Shaq Now Luke A doesn't have a fight, but they, they, they are also like, they also train together. So it's going to be tough. Shaq to just sit and wait. Those. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what yeah, I'm thinking. Way, way in is the backup. Sean wait. Brady, you're you're next up. Maybe you yeah, do Brady. That'd be fine too. If if the UFC wants to do it, I think that they would be they could be fine holding him. Um, is is Kamaru out of the question? No, I think actually. they shouldn't do that. But I'd be fine with it because I think Shavkat yeah, will if win Kamaru it. Kamaru wants a welterweight title shot. That is the way to get it, right? Mm, it's not I, get one as long as Leon are we can, really but. signing up for Leon Usman four? Like I no, but I, if Kamaru Kam- goes, just goes fight some really Whitaker, just go fight Rob Whitaker, man. Just do that, and that's well, fine. Like, You're well, Whitaker and Costa are probably gonna. Yeah, that's what it's looking like right now. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. There's a couple of things I, I do want to touch on, uh, and then we'll go to fan questions since it's almost uh, four thirty in the morning here on Let's the East Coast. Talk about the good things that happened. Well, I'll I'll start depending on your view. Yeah. And I'll start there because the main card kicked off with Josh Emmett versus Bryce Mitchell. And you wanted to talk about something that at least looked tepid for a little bit. There was literally, if you watch the watch party, I even said, boy, do I want to give you some thrilling play by play, but literally nothing was happening between Josh Emmett and two strikes landed in that fight. Yeah. And then like about 10 seconds after that, we screamed and stood up and it wasn't one of those like, Boy, that's a Derek Lewis flying knee and then a whole bunch of punches knockout. This was Josh Emmett landing flush as hard as he could towards Bryce Mitchell's head moving forward as hard as it possibly could. And the way that Bryce Mitchell hit the canvas and the way he just kind of stiffened up and the way that the camera went back as he was like shaking, convulsing, all that, like... That was one of the scariest knockouts I have ever seen. It really was nasty. And man, Josh Emmett, even at 38 years old, can still hit like a truck. And he just obliterated Bryce Mitchell. That was friggin' scary, Shaheen. What was your reaction? You hear that shot land. You see Bryce go down. They say it on the broadcast. He looks like he's convulsing down there. And then they take the camera shot right at it. It's hard to be like, wow, that was a pretty crazy knockout. It just automatically goes to, man, I hope Bryce is okay. This that was just so scary. Dude, that's one of the scariest knockouts I've ever seen. Just in terms of like the reaction to it, right? Like I I remember back at um I think it was WEC 53, there was a really bad one and I can't remember the specific fight. The guy's name was Stone. It's bumming me out right now that I can't remember it. His last name was Stone. Oh. And um, he got that, like that's Eddie Wineland. That was that Eddie yeah. Wineland, the KO slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was like a slam was KO. And after King it happened, Stone the guy is his name. They weren't throwing it on, they weren't putting it on the TV, but I was in the arena and it was the first live fight I had seen. And 
the guy was like just going into crazy convulsions and like there was real worry cage side for like 30 seconds that like something very serious was happening and they ended up having to like stretch her out and that was probably the worst one that i had seen in a long time and this is right up there man i mean this was the best right hand a human being has landed in mma in 2023 right like that was disgusting with how with the, the propulsion and then the sound too like that was the thing that's always the thing too with these re, with these like really bad knockouts is you you hear the replay and the sound the sound it made with when josh emmett's fist connected with bryce mitchell's skull was like the sound of like a cantaloupe being dropped from a high building like it was just really gross like man that was that was nasty and I, bryce is already out here tweeting and making videos so i'm glad he's okay but goddamn that was that was scary for like a good 45 seconds yeah and dude joe rogan was screaming it's... man that i agreed with joe i'm like why is this man on his feet like why is he still standing why is he still walking around and why like why is he not on a stool right now like you gotta sit this dude down it was just i agreed with everything joe was saying there but jesus jed Whew, that was nasty. dude it it sounded like like a baseball bat getting broken like it it was a crack like just no bullshit not trying to like you know, do anything weird. I, there was a moment where I was like, did we just see the first death in the UFC? Cause I think we all know that at some point it probably like just law of large numbers. That's a thing that's probably going to happen. And that would be a really tragic day when it does. And I was like, that, that might be it. Uh, this is going to be awful. I don't, I'm not ready to do this part of the thing right now. Uh, really glad Bryce Mitchell's up. I hope he never fights again, frankly. Um, just that's, that's a life-changing KO right there. And yeah, at, when Josh Emmett at the end was like, I'm the most powerful featherweight in the world, dude, no one's, no one's going to argue the point. You got it. You know no, what? Yeah, Jesus. You, you got it. We, we all accept that statement as fact for you. And, uh, to me, that's, that's the KO of the year. Uh, if you want to put Israel versus Alex Pereira, I totally understand that. Um, you know, the, what that means, et cetera. I totally get that. Uh, and that's a, it's a terrific KO. I have no issue with that being your one, but I don't, that's, that's the KO of the year. I got, I thought I legitimately thought a man died. Um, so that feels like it's the KO of the year. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested you say that because we're about to do award season over the next couple of weeks here. And to me, there's three very obvious standouts for KO of the year, right? It's, it's Izzy. Um, and then it's Robbie Lawler with the greatest retirement of all time. And then now it's Josh Emmett too, because you have to include mm -hmm. this man in this conversation. And I Robbie don't know, Lawler I don't want to be feel good KO of the year. Like it's, well, I don't want to be reactionary because I mean, there, the, the, there's more that goes into these awards than just the highlight, right? It's the stakes. It's sort of the circumstances. And I think those other two certainly have more in that regard for izzy that ko meant so much for robbie lawler again greatest retirement of all time we've never seen anybody go out quite like that i'm not sure tonight like if i had to do my rankings tonight for ko of the year i'm not sure the order of those three and i think i'm going to need a couple of days to think about it and marinate in it but i'm i'm really not sure like you just I'm proclaiming really, it right now is surprising to me i'm really comfortable putting it ahead of robbie lawler's i love robbie lawler's ko it's going to make the list um, that feels more like, you know, a, like I said, the feel good moment of the year, like, you know, we did the damn on Robbie Lawler and it was this awesome piece of it, but I don't, the aesthetics of that KO, I, there are no, there is no KO that has better aesthetics than Josh Emmett's right there. 
that is it. Now, like I said, I have zero issue you putting Izzy Pereira over that. That's a okay because it's a very aesthetically great KO. It is a more meaningful KO, certainly. And, you know, th- that part of it weighs more heavily on you. I'm fine. And maybe if I sit down and rethink about it, I'll, I'll settle back into Izzy, which is my front runner at the time. But, dude, that's. It's bad. That's the second most aesthetically perfect KO I've ever seen other than the Francis uppercut, which is, I think, the most cleanly, like, perfect punch that has ever landed in fighting. What a knockout it was. Scary, scary stuff. And the last thing I want to touch on before we go to the peep, Shaheen, I think you're the perfect guy to discuss this with. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett. It happens. I don't know what you're talking about. It, it, it happened, Shaheen. Uh, Patty Pimblett gets the victory. Unanimous decision. Was it Pat? Was it the performance Patty was set out to get? No. But a win is a win. He had the cornrows, long layoff. He just needed to get back in the win column. I thought he handled the post fight very, very well, putting Tony over as a legend and everything that happened there. But Dana said, Tony, you got to be done. That's it. Like, I want to see him retire. I don't know if that's what's actually going to happen. But for moments, Tony looked like he was he was alive and ready to go. And then Patty just hurt him real bad in the first round. And that's kind of what's been the story of these Tony fights. He has moments. We think maybe this is where he starts to turn things around a little bit. And then a big moment changes the trajectory of a fight. And that's kind of what Patty did and goes on and wins the unanimous decision. So your reaction to Patty Pimblett's victory and, and Tony Tony Ferguson's performance and uh about as good as he could get in terms of the matchmaking at the moment. It was a worst case scenario, right? Like it's a, this was my least favorite booking from the UFC of 2023 from the moment it was first announced for this very reason, because this was so predictable because it was a worst case scenario for this fighter who was so meaningful to the history of this division because he did just well enough and he is too tough for his own good that it's going to justify doing it again and i know dana white's out here saying like he wants to retire but that's not saying tony ferguson's going to retire that's saying i want him to that doesn't mean anything tony ferguson's probably going to fight again because that's who tony ferguson is and this is the bj penn thing this is just bj penn all over again and saturday night was just bj penn all over again it was a guy who was too tough for his own good but actually had zero tools to realistically mount the fight back that he needed to. And now Tony Ferguson's out here tied with BJ Penn, the longest consecutive losing streak in UFC history. I I dreaded this day. It was at a certain point, it was inevitable that it was going to come. Now it's here. It doesn't feel particularly good. Uh, for And I think there's a very, very, very good chance that because of the way tonight played out, we're probably going to have a night at some point in the next six months where Tony Ferguson's the sole record holder for the worst record, in, for like the w- most unfortunate record, I should say, in UFC history in terms of the losing streak. And I just, I don't know what to say at this point. Um, we've been here a bunch of times already over the last couple of years. Like I've, I've written too many words. I, I've spoken too many diatribes about this. And I, I just, I can't muster more at this point. Like this is just sad. This sucks. It sucks more every time we see it. It sucks more every time we get random anecdotes like the one Chael Sonnen was pulling out on the broadcast Saturday where like Tony Ferguson's father supposedly like pulled him aside and was expressing concern over this whole thing and talking about how this 39-year-old guy doesn't have a real head coach. Like everything about this sucks. 
and this won't be the last time we have to have this discussion and the legacy of who this guy was and the, how what he meant to this division deserve better than for a whole entire generation of new fans to just know him as the way the generation before knew BJ Penn. Like he's just this era's BJ Penn now, and that is really big bummer without the championships. Jed, what would you say? And I guess on the the flip side, the whole talk about this fight, the big narrative was Patty can't gain anything from this. This is a quote unquote lose fight. Even Patty himself had been saying that. Did Patty gain anything here? Do you feel like this win is meaningful and pushes him to a new level in any way? Or like what does Pat what did Patty actually gain here with this win? Uh, he got to look good instead of well, good Stephen relative. He didn't look great, frankly. Um, he got to put some distance between him and the Jared Gord performance. That's it. Um, everything Sheen said, she nailed it. I, he's much more attached to Tony than I am. I, I was never a big Tony guy, so I, I do not have the same way. But told everyone coming into this, um, you know, friends, and then on several programs this week. They're what you guys need to not get your hopes up. Please don't. I know y'all are picking him. I know you want it to happen, and you're talking yourself into this. I I did it. I did it for BJ. I did it for the entire end run of BJ, and I kept saying Clay Guida, Dennis Seaver's not very good. He's not a very good fighter. Probably can get. Nope, can't. He's just done. Can't do it anymore. Father Tom's undefeated. Came real hard for Tony. Um, I. You know, Dana, what Sheen said is right. Dana's not going to force him to retire, and I don't think he should. Um, I don't like a lot of what Patty said with regard to this, but Patty is right in that we cannot make him retire. He is a grown man. He gets to make his own choices and live with those consequences as such. Uh, the UFC needs to stop offering him fights. If he would like to continue fighting, they should uh, offer him his release and say that he can go ply his wares elsewhere. Um, karate combat or bare knuckle or whatever it is. God, the no, should no don't, longer be don't involved even put that in the, in the world, Ferguson. man. Don't even. Put it's the just, bare it's just what's going to happen. Just, it's just what's going to happen. Like, but the UFC should no longer be involved in the Tony Ferguson business. He's a great fighter for them. Uh, you know, one of the best lightweights of all time. That's it. Some the life moves real fast, and I always thought Tony would kind of fall off pretty hard i didn't even think it'd be this hard though like this has been an astonishing drop off from him and yeah it's uh it's tough and then having like david goggins there it's just like real weird and just didn't the, the vibes are bad we should we should stop doing this the one thing i wanted was for patty to beat the hell out of him so we could be done and it started that way and then patty's just not very good so he couldn't quite finish the job He's not. Patty's not bad. Like he's not a bad fighter. He's a top twenty-five-ish dude, but he's an atrocious striker. And this is cardio. Maybe he did just you know blow his blow his wad like he said. Like he just gassed himself out in that first round. But he won one round very very dominantly, and then held on for two against a guy who pretty much couldn't fight back. I just. At this point, there's only like one positive outcome. I mean, there's two: him retiring. It's we bring back happen. BJ. Well, I'm yeah, I would, I'm okay with. I this. would take that as the Tony versus. I would take that because somebody Tony has versus to win BJ. That. Someone has to win, and someone, someone has, has to take to the record for most losses. 
frankly, that's the only fight I would like to see for either of them. Uh, I'm actually okay with this idea. Tony I'm will win, I think. I feel like Tony should win. Right? I think Tony would would definitely win because BJ has been out of it for a bit, if anything else. But BJ just uh, needs two takedowns, my man. Well, so that's the just thing, right? Is takedowns. To me, there's there's only one realistic outcome that could maybe be a positive outcome from this because I just don't think Tony's going to retire um, after this. Um, the Because if the UFC cuts him, he will go to bare knuckle or he will go to PFL or something and he will just lose to more people that he shouldn't lose to. And it's just going to be gross. I don't want to see that. And he kind of, he is, he is to me, at least he is someone who is an important enough figure within this division and within a certain era of this sport that he deserves to go out with the package, the video package and the week of everyone celebrating him and that sort of thing, the same way Robbie Lawler did. The only positive way that they can, that this can work out to me is if the UFC I don't know who's the worst lightweight on the roster with the least amount of wrestling. Because if you put Tony Ferguson up against anybody with even a handful of wrestling, they're going to take him down and they're going to smother him. And he's just, he was never a good guy with the get ups and it's, it's just only declined significantly over the course of this run. I don't know who this person would be. Maybe you sign someone from the regional circuit strictly for the point of like, hey, you're kind of coming in to lose to Tony Ferguson. And then you give him the week that Robbie Lawler had essentially of like, hey, this is your retirement week. We have packages prepared. We're talking about your career this whole time. We'll give it the whole spectacle. And maybe you can come out on some sort of magical moment with this guy getting like one on, on the on the back end. That is the only possible positive way that this works out. Maybe it's a UFC 300 setting or something like that. Again, just a big stage. Otherwise, I just, I this is painful, man. I don't, this hurts to watch. Shaheen, if he goes to bare knuckle, will you talk yourself into it? Or, or is this no, the fight that is finally killed this you one? I haven't talked myself. Are you sure? Because I saw your Slack messages today. Yeah, that's just being in, like that's just, just hope. Around, just trying hoping. to will something into existence that you know is not going to happen. I, I hated this with the moment it was booked. This was so obvious what was about to happen, and it, it happened exactly how I thought it was going to happen, man. And it's just not. It's not going to get better. I am legitimately trying to find a name here for him. And I have maybe one that probably isn't, but like there yeah, is. I mean, I am I am Casey, deep yeah, down Interesting suggestion building into this one. Let Shaheen know what you're thinking. I'm trying to look for another one. Tony versus, as soon as versus Chase Hooper. Yeah, I know you said that earlier, and I think that that might be the closest Chase, thing I can Chase think Hooper of, can grapple. I think Chase Hooper yeah, but but Chase Hooper, Chase Hooper won't concuss. Seriously, concuss. Yeah, but he's Tony very Ferguson, young. and it works for everybody. It works for the promotion. It works for Hooper, and I think it's a safe way for Ferguson to kind of you know pass the torch. You know what? You know, in a sense. You know what? And it's in the UFC. It's not in some random promotion. No, no, no. Oh, go on. I volunteer as tribute. I will do it. I will lose the weight. I will meet. Are you sure you lose? I'm about 200 pounds right now. (laughs) I will cut down to as low as I need to. Uh, Like within reason, I can't get to like 155, but I can get low. Yeah, 170, easy. Uh, Easy. I haven't been 170 since I was like 13. No, you're you're cutting weight. You drop 15 pounds of water weight pretty simply. So you You know what? Whatever it takes. I volunteer as tribute. I will do this because this man deserves to go out on a win. What a guy. (laughs) Are you sure you? Are you sure you lose? Jed says. Oh my gosh. 
I'm pretty, <laughs> I was just joking around. I I'm think he'd lose. Sure um, I'm not 100% <laughs> positive, but I'm like 99%. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, there's nobody. There's I am digging through the depths of tapology. I'm like, nope. I mean, what about Jordan? Like, honestly, Jordan the Levitt. best Jordan answer Levitt. I Jordan have. Levitt. I was thinking Jordan Levitt. would just beat Jordan. Levitt. I don't even think maybe Jordan Levitt's going to beat him, man. I think honestly so? think the best win. chance Jordan he has Levitt is Connor. I don't know, man. Connor won't take him down, and maybe he can just take Connor down. Like, that's it. I got that's actually else. not a bad one. Connor no, because the thing is, if he won tonight, will punch he, you might, hard. Yeah, if he yeah. won tonight, he probably would have gotten Connor and Nate next. Yeah, and but if, if but if he but if Connor punches him hard but can't finish him because Tony is still real tough, we do know that Connor cannot fight after seven minutes. Like that's just not a thing he does very well. It's the only fight I can put together a real winning scenario for him in. I I guess the, I, I threw some slack at it, but the question I guess the question is Dana did a whole. Oh, he should retire. But Dana, you're the boss. You can basically retire him from the no, UFC. No, they can't. Uh, they can't. They can, from the UFC? They, from the they UFC, can, sure. But I think Dana, but Dana, I think, also understands what we've said of, like, if you cut him loose, it's just going to get worse. Like, and you're not in control of how bad it gets at that point. Yeah, but that's fine. You just don't need to be involved in the business. You know what I did realize for Tony, though? Um, seven is the exact number that, uh, topology keeps on their pages for like their most recent fights. So it says the TKO decision win loses. So seven is exactly the number. So Tony just is all reds on his topology quick hit on the most recent fights. That's, That's a, a shame. That is so much of a bummer. Still uh, number 67 in Tapology's lightweight rankings. Honestly, what, what's BJ Penn ranked? Is he ranked? Uh, that, well, that's the fight. I don't, Frankly, that's the fight. I Like I said, I'm actually down for it. It's awful and would make me feel real gross as a person. Uh, yeah, but eligible for rankings to be an activity. Are better than the old man versus the young lion fights. I. Guess that's true, but I watched Chuck Tito three, and that was pretty grimy. Oh, I was in the arena yeah. for that. That was wonderful and grimy. I don't. I think like Tony's at Chuck level yet. That's a little too far. Give me, give me, give me, give me Tony Ferguson versus Joe Lozon. That's I, I like that fight. Give me that. I don't hate that's that. Yeah, I'm gonna send, gonna send Joe out on a win. I like it. I don't I hate mean, that. Someone's got. What's I mean, someone's got to go out on a win, right? What's Joe at this point? He's got to be like almost forty. Yeah, and he has a yeah, fought. He hasn't fought, he hasn't like fought since twenty nineteen. He wanted to fight Chase Hooper in Boston, and the UFC is like, nah, we don't want. Really want to? We don't want to be in the. Joe really is on for, for this card. I'm like, what in Boston? Like, geez, Louise. But we'll see what happens to Tony. I do want to shout out. Do we want to shout out Ariane Lipsky, who I think is the low key MVP of this entire card? I thought she looked incredible. She she just beat the hell out of Casey O'Neill. Best performance to date. She is putting it all together. Uh, and shout out to Carol Hosa and Irene Aldana. Yes. Jeez, yes. How, like who would have get? It, it would have been plus four hundred and seventy five trillion. The odds on that being not only a fight of the night contender, but being a fight of the year contender. That is going to be on list. everybody's top. That's going to make some ballots for sure. That, yeah. That's yeah. going to make some ballots for sure. Do. 
What a fight. Hey, fun fact. Mike, I, I did kind of guys- I did kind of sell that sell that fight in in our pre-show. I was like more on the Adana part, but I was like I've always been a big fan of Adana, so I was hoping this will be the make women's bantamweight great again type fight and um it got close you know I, that's I know the best women's bantamweight. bantamweight fight since what Ever. holly misha right, yeah, holly misha like, it has yeah. to be holly misha yeah. right like that was and great especially was great in time. terms of it was just a fight not like you know a title fight or anything just a fight and it was just like holy moly so uh um, yeah. just the hospital photo, man anytime we get a hospital photo yeah. that's like a really like a, a 2000 retweet host- hospital photo you that was a, that was a john jones gustison type photo yeah. you know that photo of them yeah. and i just yeah great great freaking fight just dude diego really, lopez really man another another notch on that man's belt for this year dude it's just crushing it. great fun it's fact uh those two women in 15 minutes uh landed 350 percent of the strikes that Colby and Leon managed in the main event. 350 strikes between them. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we'll take uh, we'll take a couple questions. We're not gonna go crazy here. Um, yeah. We'll have plenty of time this week to rehash all and the recap. Stuff. Somebody we'll also also Cody Garbrandt is on his first win streak since 2016. Yes, Cody. This good, is good performance from Cody. But now we're gonna get it, Jed. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> It is yes. deeply smoke and mirror. But this is what they should have done with him a long time ago. Is like Matt. I mean, they tried, <laughs> and then he blamed. What is that? They Trevin tried. He, they were throwing Trevin him Jones. against like High Car of France and like Pedro Munoz and like real dudes. Because well, he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve it by going to 125. Pedro Munoz, he was like a fight that made sense because it's like, oh, Pedro's gonna strike with me, and Cody's really good at this. It's like actually Pedro's tough as nails and can throw hooks, so Cody's cooked. Like, yeah, but then they we all him, just like, missed Robert, that. Like he, he has been mostly fighting killers. Like this is the first time he has gotten a little bit of reprieve from that. I mean, well, besides he's Trevin, with Trevin. <laughs> and he's well, he not make that year, look good. This year, these two back to back fights are like the first time he's gotten a chance to like get his bearings. Yeah. Well, this is great. This is a setup bearings, fight, and now he's going to yeah. die. <laughs> now he's going to fight Davis yeah. Figueredo, and, and, that, that's, and that's how it works. You, you set you and up, it's and now it works. Yeah. You fatten up the hog before you take it to slaughter. And that's what they've done with Cody. It's going to be awesome. We're getting getting it. I don't like the figgy fight. The figgy fight is not the fight. And that's not a bad thing about the UFC. That's how how the UFC should do things. Yeah. 
It's the fight. That's not the fight. Figgy Yawn is still the fight. I no, need they they the He's fighting Song Yidong. No, yeah, you're right. Okay. Is that official? Oh, yeah, it is official. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's they announced it's today. I was about to go so all in on either that, Dominic he's Cruz. Getting two. Figgy. I was about to say either Dominic Cruz 2 or Pedro Munoz 2. Both of those would be really fun. Pe- like I, w- I could live with I could live with Cruz 2. Don't give him Pedro Munoz. Like Pedro Munoz will just do the exact same thing again. Yeah. Munoz is still there. Munoz is yeah, he's still he's still in the game. Yeah. So Munoz is still is very range. durable and can punch hard. And those yeah. two combinations are gonna beat him every time. No, but you're right. It is Figgy. Can't no, wait for Figgy. The, I wasn't. I've been waiting for this for three years. Uh, all right, Should Mike. Take a couple our our beautiful friendship started with me talking about Figgy Smalls <laughs> fighting Cody Garbrandt. That won you like at your first beat. Just throwing hooks. <laughs> Just throwing hooks at each other. Throwing bolos, until, I believe, was the exact. Throwing goal. bolos until Garbrandt falls down because he's the one who's fallen down. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> it's so much oh, fun with that fight. Uh, Omar, if Colby retired by the end of 2024, will Colby be remembered in MMA history or just a footnote in Usman's legacy? Sean, I want to go to you first this question. Remembered in MMA history is a weird framing for this because will he be remembered? Sure, because I think he's a popular fighter who has a big fan base and who created big events. And so you're just inherently going to be remembered, right? Like you created enough big moments where people will remember you. How he will be remembered, though, is a different question because I think how he will be remembered is, frankly, one of the most overrated fighters of his era whose resume did not age well and does not particularly look good. And like I said, one of the biggest underperformers in a title fight, if you're counting this one, like this was a very, very, very bad showing in a title fight. Um, so he will he, he will be remembered because there have been enough memories from him. Um, I don't know that he'll be remembered in the way that it felt like he probably would be a couple years ago when he was doing the Usman fights and it felt like he was the obvious next in line, like in this division. Is he going to be remembered as one of the all-time greats that never had the UFC belt? Or is he just no. remembered? Okay, no. that's all. Okay, that's what I want to think. Okay, so I think he'll be m- more remembered for going all in and politics into the sport and an exciting fighter too. But if really anything, the, really the first, if anything, think, is there another fighter who really has brought in like politics as much as he has ever? Not to that degree. Not I to that degree. And that's, that's sort of my, con- I don't, I wouldn't say concern because I'm not, cause I'm not concerned about it, but I, yeah. I think that that would be the worry of like one of the things he could be remembered for is that, he maybe showed a path that's a really gross kind of unsavory path to shortcut your way to making front runner money without sort of having the resume there. Um, and I think yeah. it's a path that is easily replicable because he's not particularly good at it, right? Like he's not, he's not his whole shtick is that he's like a bad Chael Sonnen, but like he's really bad at it. And he stumbles over the lines and the lines aren't that particularly clever. And it's just very base level stuff. And so I think if there's no humor to it, yeah, if I'm a a fighter coming up who maybe doesn't have the most entertaining style and I'm seeing the level of attention and money that Colby's able to make, that's certainly a choice now of like, he opens your eyes of like, okay, that's a path that clearly works and hits with the fan base and hits some sort of niche. And if you're, 
even remotely good at speaking and you're able to do that in a better way, you can probably monopolize on it a little better than he did. Um, so that maybe is like a one way he could be remembered of like, he certainly paved some sort of path that I don't know that we would want more of, but I guess some people would want more of. Yeah, He's not going to get remembered. And that's it. Um, I, I actually have a ton more um, respect for what he did because I I think it was very smart. I think aligning himself with, with Donald Trump and the MAGA movement. Totally. Um, totally. I, I, it may not be for to everyone's taste. Um, and the him doing bad chael, I have less patience because it's not hard to do good chael because chael had writers. You just get people that can make you do this better. But I think like aligning politically was really smart. It tapped him into a fan base that to some extent cares. Um, they're not loyal as we all heard them boo him directly <laughs> after this. Like the, they were very pro Colby until he offered that to them. And then they booed um, lustily at the end of that fight and when he, he is feeding them. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're booing him when he is feeding them the lines that they want and they're still booing him because it's, it's less about that. And he was very boring. And so they didn't like it. Um, I think that was really smart. It was a very clever way for him to sort of find a way to make himself popular. And I got a lot of respect for that. Um, but he's, I was trying to figure out a comp. This isn't exactly perfect, but he's, he is Ricardo Arona. Does anyone talk about Ricardo Arona at all? I disagree with that take. When is the last time you had a conversation about Ricardo Arona? He had wins that at the time weren't bad. But what were the big memories that Ricardo Arona created? He had big wins. He, he got didn't. bombed. It's that that's my point. But Ricardo Arona didn't create any like big Kobe wins. Has, like Kobe, Kobe has memories. Like the the Masvidal thing was a giant event. The Usman secret series was giant events. Him him chasing after Tyron for his whole beginning of the title run and calling out Tyron in the middle of the media day. Dude, I, I remember I was there. I don't that. Even those were that. those were giant things that happened and those were memorable things that people were who were there for that era will remember like Rona did not have those yeah, i I, th I think we will remember that stuff less because that stuff falls away from like memorable in cage stuff a little more and as time removes us he won't be entirely forgotten because he was an interim champion and there are parts but he has nothing in cage that jumps out like there's i the Masvidal the thing, been I, think, I just awesome. think that's going to age gold. Yeah, dude. Great fights. But, yeah, honestly, he's going to go, he's going to be remembered as being an overachiever with a pretty limited skill set. Uh, and honestly, pound for pound, he is going to go down as one of the best prize fighters in UFC history. Uh, that's how you do it. That is how you do it. You pick off the biggest names that are the least risk and you make as much money as you can. And Colby did it. Like he is going to go, is he going to go down as one of the all time? Is he going to be a UFC hall of famer? Is he going to have his own plaque? No, but his fight with Kamara Usman is going into the UFC hall of fame. The first one is going so in it's Dana White's favorite fight. So it's going in that, that fight's going in. He, he, so he will be remembered. He will he's be remembered. Like, but he's also like a fighter. Like when they showed the, you know, the Baba O'Reilly video montage, there's actually going to be no Colby highlights in it. Even though he doesn't have a single highlight, he doesn't have a single highlight. It was just, I think, it's very interesting. Yeah. I think, and I, I think his legacy. He's not going to get a damn. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just telling you right now, he's not getting a damn unless he gets really entertaining. Really fast. He's, he's the one that really brought in the quotes. whatever, whatever you want to call the politicized society we have now. He brought it right in front of us in MMA, 
and just like and didn't and didn't half ass it. He just went all in, which I would give him credit on that. I guess he just went all in. Like I think like like Michael Chandler kind of he he puts his toe in the you know the political spectrum publicly a little bit, even though him and Colby are pretty much the same person like politically. But Colby just goes all in on it, and I think that's what that's his legacy, and yeah, and changing I'm changing really price fighting instant. I, don't know. But I yeah. think he will be remembered as the dude Usman beat. Like when he gets remembered, it will be, oh yeah. I think in 15 years, he's just going to kind of be forgotten. Well, he's Kamaru's signature rival. Like that's, that, yeah. you, I think you're right in that regard. Like yeah. he, that will be the, the in cage part of it. That will the be cage, his yeah. sort of MMA legacy as he is Kamaru's signature rival for whatever that yeah. era of the welterweight division was. He made Usman. He he put Usman over the top with that first fight. When Usman finishing him, he made Usman that night. Like a thousand him. percent. Usman was disliked. Usman was thoroughly disliked until that. He fight. was the boring fighter until that fight, and then Usman look, was like, look oh, at cool. Usman doing the thing. He did the thing. He did the thing. W- wish we could say the same for Leon. Oh wow! <laughs> full circle. Uh, like full yeah. circle. Leon Leon did the thing <laughs> with the head kick. That was enough. Leon has a signature highlight. Yeah, he already he did his thing. Riley yeah. This could have been another thing for Leon, but I think it's just going to be, you know, just it's a notch. It's just a notch. Leon has put yeah. me. In How many of GSP's title defenses? How many of GSP's title defenses do we not even begin to remember because they were very uninteresting? D- DJ, oh, you're not invited D- to the GSP dam. <laughs> That's fine. I didn't. Don't bring me that anyway. Because I didn't want to. I didn't want to rewatch much most of those fights anyway. To be honest, how dare you? How dare you? Hey, he's the goat. Yeah. All right. And, I'm uh, really starting to think DJ's the goat, guys. I know that's a ridiculous thing. It's like I, I, DJ I, could I, still be running shop in this freaking weight class right now. Dude, DJ, I've DJ's my goat. He is. I've, he's my number I one. Fan. I don't hate it. He's my goat. Dude, I mean, I get, I get I, others. I, I think other about it every but. time. Joe Rogan, because Joe says a lot of stuff that I don't agree with, and I'm not even sure this is true, but every time flyweights are fighting and he's just like, man, look at how technically freaking good these dudes are. And I'm like, yeah. And we all just are super pumped about John lording over a division full of people who suck ass because light heavyweight is trash, man. Like flyweight rules. And it doesn't have the legacy of the lineage. Totally get it. And I understand that side of the argument, but I don't know. The more I watched, it was like, man, DJ. DJ might have just been the dude. I'm big on that. Yeah. Uh, DJ threw a man into the air and armbarred him on the way down. If that's not goat shit, I don't for know. For a is. record. For to like set the all-time record. That was his yeah. Was just he, he, he was cruising to a 50-45 victory. He's like, you know what? Let's have a little fun. He rematched his biggest rival and sent him to the shadow realm. Like DJ King. King shit. And uh, I guess quick question. Last question. Yeah, last one. Uh, biggest winner slash loser tonight. I mean, Sean I think Strickland it's the biggest loser is Colby for sure. It feels like he, at least just tangibly, Probably. like in the space, it feels like he took a major hit. Like you would see a lot of people turning against him right now on social media, whether it's fighters or fans or whatever. Like, it feels like this one was a very meaningful moment for him in a way, that, in like not a good way. So the fans aren't buying it. They're not buying that he that it was a corrupt judges and a conspiracy. 
and he really won the last three rounds. None of the fans are buying. Dude, he's not I've, even I've, buying it. I'm, I, I haven't looked any. I haven't really. I've looked at no social, so I don't really know how, how they. I don't know. The fans know. just boot him. <laughs> thing. So it's just the issue with a shtick is it's if you're it, it falls apart at some point, particularly if your shtick is being the exact opposite of who you actually are as a fighter, and you're aligned with the person who by his own definition, like is only interested in winners and you are not one of those. That's pretty tough to overcome. Is the biggest winner Emmett? Because he like might've retired if he lost that fight. And now he's Big, like kind biggest of biggest image. Sean Strickland and Drickus Duplexi. DDP <laughs> well, and Strickland just made a lot well, more money than they previously no. would have. Incorrect. Sean Strickland just made a lot more money than no, he would fair, have. Fair, fair. Drickus' fair, fair. pay did not change whatsoever because he will not get pay-per-view points for that fight. But when Drickus takes the belt, he probably bought a himself stall. a brand new tractor or whatever he <laughs> buys. I don't know what Sean Strickland buys. Lots of guns. <laughs> buy lots of guns. More that fight's gonna be but insane. Yeah. That's, that's, that fight's gonna be more insane than we think it's gonna be, dude. Remember, Sean remember when has, I was so excited about that fight, and now everyone's there, and I'm pumped about it. Sean Strickland like, has oh, completely yeah. taken we're, all of we're the excited about DDP Sean's- mojo and taken it for himself. Like all of the hype that we have for Strickland DDP is exactly what we would have been feeling for Izzy DDP, and Sean Strickland has just taken it. But that's why I'm, I'm amazed at the sport. Like, you know, when we have like, what was it Almeida had that horrible fight against, I can't remember who he fought. We're like, oh, I give up on him. How many times do we say that about Strickland in some of his main events? Oh, I don't care about him. I don't care about Strickland. And now we're so hyped to pay 80 bucks to watch him fight. It's, it's weird I mean, how the sport works. He dummied up one of the 15 best fighters of all time. That gets you a lot. That <laughs> just, yeah. Get you a lot. He was the moan and groan. He was the moan and groan. He might have. He was the moan and groan apex main event guy for two years. Yeah, it's like, oh god, it's a Sean Strickland main now event. Now we're so hyped. And now just, look at now so, look. He's he's fighter of the year, isn't he? Fuck. He's definitely. He's he's yeah, I, I was I trying not to do it. I. He I has he to is. be. When I, I look back is. on this year, I'm going to think about Francis. I'm going to think. It about was him the year of Sean Strickland in the UFC. It was the year of Sean Strickland. That like. Fighter of the year. Can't I mean, sure John, John is freaking dropping the the worst homophobic slurs in press conferences and getting in fights in the freaking audience, and we're still like fighter of the year. It's just well, I don't so know how, no I don't know how we're here. We're here. So we're here. Question for y'all, and let's end on this because it is incredibly late. Sorry. <laughs> is Sean Strickland the most like? What's the last time we have a UFC champion that's this much of a loose cannon in every way? Where we don't know what he's going to say. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's going to, what kind of performance he's going to put on. Like you put him in any situation whatsoever, and he is ten out of ten loose cannon. There's never been anyone remotely close to this. Truth. I there's a pretty decent argument that like maybe John to some degree, but not like this. Not like yeah, this. John, it's a it's a, it's a different way of being insane. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I we would never I, have yeah. seen John. You could extend this one to other children sports. to fight Daniel, like to fight no. Alexander Gustafson in the crowd. Or something. Dude, it's you could extend this to other sports. This is like Sean Strickland is the he is the Mike Tyson zone. Bill Simmons' famous Mike Tyson zone of if a headline came out saying Sean Strickland did this, you would believe any headline. Sean Strickland is like in that, and he is the UFC middleweight champion. What headline would you not believe? 
You couldn't give me one. Couldn't other, give me other than like Sean Strickland deeply respects all people and their value systems or whatever. Like this is just, that's it. Like he, it is entirely up in the air, which is really fun. Um, if you just kind of set particular parts of a moral compass aside, cause like chaos is entertaining. It was yeah, legitimately chaos funny. Chaos was not like, entertaining tonight. No, he's he he's never been entertaining. <laughs> yeah, he but it was legitimately. Been. I think it was actually like a super shitty move from him, but it was yeah. like it is partly entertaining to be like, "Hey, Gilbert's lovely family, could you could you step over here briefly?" And like it, in my read on it is it looked like Drickus just kind of thought they were gonna face off with each other. He's like, "Yeah, come here." Like he's trying to play this up, and then Strickland's like, "Yeah, move over. I'll step over." And then wham! It's like fucking lunatic, man. Just one foot on the chair. He dude does his box step ups. There's no doubt about it. One foot on the chair and just launched himself into the sky and started dropping dude. hammer fists on DDP. All the angles of that skirmish, depending on which angle you look at, the fight looks 14 different ways. And it's hilarious. Every different angle looks like a completely different fight. Cheeto it's Vera fascinating. And Cheeto looks Cheeto probably stoned out of his mind, just enjoying whatever the <laughs> hell is happening. Just think of it in the also, last like in the last like four months, Sean Strickland has had one of the greatest upsets of all time. Held a man at gunpoint outside of his house and like kicked him on camera in the street. Uh, started a melee with Drinkus Duplicy for no real reason at a at in the middle of a crowd, and I'm sure there's like four other things that I can't think Dude, of right now. After he won the belt, he spent the whole post fight presser just being like, "Oh, this is great! Like I'm just a piece of shit. Look at me. I guess is I don't care. Like just being like like a deeply charming and like approachable individual, and then he comes out and does this next week. The man contains multitudes." He's something. What? Gee, it's wow. Wow. And somehow, in an event where he wasn't even competing, he's easily the biggest story of this weekend. Yep. He sure is. Fighter of the year. That's our. That's the fighter <laughs> of the year, more, more than likely. If we're allowed to bet, put Francis down, maybe I'd pick Francis. By you can do whatever you want, my friend. It's your world. Yeah, Francis, I mean, don't, I can't, you I should can't not give me that car blanche. You know what I can it's do. It's a public ballot, so, you, so people will see what you do. Boy, if Ian Gary fought on this card, we might have a different conversation. Honestly, he would have gone. Ian Gary, pretty big game, loser this weekend. Yeah, he might be the Col- biggest loser, Colby's actually. the biggest loser, but like Ian Gary, whew, right there. Yeah. This, this also, week goes is from actually, fighting this, Luke to Jeff Neal. Feels this is either worse. going to be... This is either going to remember it as like the worst week of Ian Gary's professional career or the turning point into like greatness for him. So we'll see how it all plays out. Shout out to Happy Andre New Year. Fuel. Happy holidays. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to them as well. Great performances. And that's it, everybody. And thank, thank you to all of you. What a year it has been covering this crazy ass promotion. Thank you for watching. Good night, everybody. I love you all so very much. Happy holidays. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. 
You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.